Hello, neighbors. Welcome back to the Future Neighbor Podcast. This is Daniel. This is Katie. Oh, I messed it up. We're supposed to say welcome back to the future. Anyway, let's continue, Katie. Right now in Korea, it is uh, the monsoon season in Korea. And let's learn a little bit of Korean words. It's called Changma. 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 And the thing that I dislike the most about Changma is um, at nighttime when you go to bed, that stink, that humidity yeah it keeps you it wakes you up in the middle of the night for me i like it really cold before i go to bed and then i sleep like a baby but lately like right around 3 30 you scratch your butt you wake up it's so hot anyway i think you got the the image yeah. i woke up in the middle of the night yesterday and then you and went I, out to the sofa yeah to the living room to sleep. <laughs> it was so hot yeah sometimes i wake up and you're not there and i'm like <laughs> for like maybe a millisecond i'm like she left the house <laughs> Did she get kidnapped or where, where is she? <laughs> and then like my brain wakes up and is like, oh, most likely you're in the living room. Yeah. And then the other bad part about the monsoon season is the the pale, the laundry. Like in Korea, we don't have uh, drying machines. Now they started coming out with washer and dryer. But mm-hmm. I think it was only about two or three years ago when the dryer started to come out. And uh, during the monsoon season, when it's humid out and you leave out that wet laundry on the little little dry veranda yeah or on the veranda it just gets that stank yeah yeah and then you put it on and you feel like it's a you know freshly dried shirt but then you smell it and it's just like ah do i have to take another shower well which is why we bought that uh what do you call that electronics that we buy the dehumidifier yeah dehumidifier and then it's just doing wonders for us so even yesterday we brought all our laundry into our like one room and then turned on the dehumidifier (laughs) so it could dry up the laundry in a crispy way yeah it does that really quickly today you know i was like thinking about what we could do and i thought we could share some adages adage adage Adage. Adage. Kind of <laughs> sounds like uh, my friend who's Indian, his name. Adage. No, that's Adar. I'm sorry. Adage. Uh, an adage means a proverb or short statement expressing a general truth. So, what are some adage? Oh, God. What are some adages that are true to you? And we could spend an hour, and, you know, I think this is fun to kind of talk about right adages that are relevant to you at our lives in our early 30s and of course these will change or become more or less important as we age but Mm -hmm. what are some i mean you know i talk a lot so no you should start are you sure yeah okay first adage for me is to make concerted efforts to add to our circle of acquaintances You know, I I have this like funnel in my mind. Acquaintances become close friends and then a a few of them trickle down into lifetime friends. Even this past week, you had your first meeting with your colleagues at work. Yeah. And it was super fun, (laughs) right? I don't know, you and like you went to go meet with your colleagues. I've never met them. Well, actually, Uh. you've never met them in person due to COVID. You just had like... Yeah, Internet maybe meetings. like we now we only meet like once or twice a year. 
like in person. Mm. The rest is all online communication. So it feels kind of like distant in some ways. We don't really get that personal interaction. But for the first time in like almost over a year, we decided to meet and then like uh, have dinner together. Yeah, I remember you were complaining that like, oh, all the people might like, well, Katie works as a software developer. And so you know, you're always working with guys and you always go, oh, they're so tak-tak, they're so rigid, like... Ah, they have no personalities. They don't ah. have emotions. <laughs> they're they're, they're emo- <laughs> a-emotional, like no emotions, right? Yeah. And so, strangely enough, you met them and it was really... It was like, really it felt like they were a different person. Right offline, right? <laughs> yeah, That's it was really good. the bad thing about COVID. Like, you just, you miss the human aspects when you do all these Zoom meetings. Mm, I think so. And then you only, like, talk about things that you have to talk about, right. which would be, like, purely work right so it feels so i don't know like clinical yeah so anyway katie you had a fun time talking with those friends and then you asked me to pick you up it Mm. was like 11 and thank god i decided to put on a jacket because i was like in that um you know that surfer t-shirt that's cut off at the sides (laughs) this is the one that i really don't like like, well i didn't know you were going to invite me to come inside i thought i was just going to come pick you up I didn't know either. But I thought the, you were just going to say like, hi, and then like... Yeah, but that host invited me inside, right? Yeah, yeah. Right at the last minute, I decided to put on a little um, a windbreaker, and thank God. So basically, we said all this because uh, it was a great time talking to these random people. And they shared their life stories to some degree about mm. how they became a software developer. Yeah, it was really like so refreshing to hear. Actually, should we share that one story? I mean, it's. I mean, I'm sh- there's no way he'll be listening to this. So. No, no, no. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, why not? Really? Yeah, it's fine. Maybe not this time. Okay, because we don't. We never know. You yeah. never know. <laughs> All right. Well, regardless. <laughs> and he might feel offended. <laughs> yeah, because it's it's quite personal. It's but personal yeah, story. Yeah, maybe we'll share it in a diff- different time. Well, everybody had such a unique story that I never actually expected of them. And um, yeah, it was so good to hear like like uh, their stories and how they're coping with like working remote, mm. you know, during this time mm. because they're all living with the like the significant other and like they all these funny episodes how like the beginning of covid where we were all like just getting used to this like remote working yeah. how they would have like so many little like conflicts with their wives for like making noises and like mm. trying to make the best use of their tiny space in the room exactly <laughs> but what was like pretty interesting to me was you know that person that we were speaking with he has a passion for bird watching yeah right yeah and that's something that has never entered my atmosphere of things to do or like areas of interest Mm. but he was like talking about that uh that there's like maybe in order for you to be acknowledged as a good bird watcher you need to know at least 150 different species of birds Mm. and he started doing a little bit of those whistles to like for each bird and he started sharing all these information about specific birds yeah it was so interesting yeah and like listening to that um even after that one it like very entertaining conversation uh when i see birds i think about that guy and i start to become a little bit more present about 
Me seeing too. the birds in my in our neighborhood, right? Yeah, and I start to wonder what species would that be, right? And if I was uh, if I was to have dinner with him again, I would definitely ask him about like these random stuff. He was telling us random facts about owls and and um, like like how to take pictures of these birds and oh yeah, right? And so I feel like um, by having these random interactions with acquaintances, it opens up our world to yeah. whole different areas that can really enrich your life. Yeah. Right. And then I started to think back about my life or about ho- hobbies that I do now, the climbing that we do, the bouldering that I just am kind of fallen in love with. Mm-hmm. That was also introduced through a, a friend of yours, yeah, right? Who has a passion for climbing. I was like, well, why would I want to do climbing? This? That was such a random point. Yeah. But we just went out like, Hey, you know, why don't we Try just do this? Out. Try it out. It was fun. I think about the marathon. My friend also was like, hey, I'm going to run a marathon. He's a little bit older than me. I know he's listening. Shout outs. <laughs> <laughs> but I was like, hey, why, why not? Why not try? I, I used to hate running. Like running in junior high when we had to run a mile, I, I literally like, I just get so stressed out because I'd be like, what's the point of running? This is so boring. <laughs> you know, I was always athletic in my life, but I just hated running. And then to think about running 26 miles, it was just beyond my realm of possibilities but seeing my friend do it i was like you know what i think i could do it too why not it's an artificial goal but it makes me learn something mm-hmm. um another thing like snowboarding like in my immigrant life living in the states my parents i don't think we st- I, well i think we went to one ski resort once during that phase in their lives we didn't do anything but watch korean dramas at home mm-hmm. but i had like a uh, american friend whose parents was all about like taking um sports activities, sport activities outdoor outdoors activities. during the week especially because actually the the parents had divorced so my friend his dad was always thinking about how to entertain his kid and so he's always thinking about fun activities and i was always hitch along mm-hmm. and now i ride snowboarding really well mm-hmm. so during the winter we always think about taking trips to go snowboarding, skiing, right? So all of these interactions with acquaintances leads to opportunities which really help build fun activities in your life or passion areas. Yeah. And so I guess, you know, a, an adage for me is to, as we get older, continuously add to, a, let's continuously add friends to our, or acquaintances to our network. And among those people, I think a few will trickle down to become really lifetime friends. But I think for most people, doing things by themselves with no like friends or support or getting invited to do something, it's, it takes a lot. Like you need to like take up a lot of courage or yeah, like, yeah. to do something new. Yeah. yeah. I think it's like it feels like such a big hurdle. Yeah. You don't know. And yeah, so my the next thing I really want to do is I want to learn how to um, fly like a single plane plane or a helicopter. I hope I can find someone with a license. I need to visit some cocktail parties and try to build an acquaintance that knows how to do that. So <laughs> um, I thought you have a fear of height. No, Kitty. You think I have a fear of height because you like to tease me about that, but that fear has gone. <laughs> when? Like, no, I just don't no. like to ride roller coasters, Kitty. No, the other day, actually, for the first time, we tried zip trekking. It's called zip lining. Is it zip lining? Yeah. yeah. And then 
<laughs> I don't know. It was such an impromptu decision that we decided to do it, yeah. and then we went up. We went up the tower, and then like it's pretty high. It was pretty high. It was like maybe a. It said a, more than a thousand meters high up, mm. and then. But then I thought I would have some time to look around, like kind of like take in what I'm putting myself into. That as soon as we got up to the top floor, the, these like uh, guys came up and they put in all these gears on us. Yeah. And then the next thing we're like standing at the edge. <laughs> I know it was very fast. That Korean pali pali buna. It's like you don't even have time to get scared because they're pushing you. This one. As soon as you get out the elevator, you're in straps and you're at the edge of the building, and you're like, what? I know that's what I thought, and then like, <laughs> and then I'm like looking at you, yeah. and like, oh my gosh, what did I put myself into? And then this next thing is like, they're like three, two, one, go, <laughs> and then they push you out. Yeah, but it was fun. It yeah, it scary. was really fun. Yeah. Actually, I was really scared when, like, right at the moment when we were standing at the edge, then mm. they pushed us. Yeah, I could, I couldn't open my eyes. I wasn't. I was pretty scared, but I wasn't to that degree. I, really? Because I, I know zip lining. I mean, you see like the videos of it. You see like grandmas doing. It. I mean, it can't be that crazy, right? <laughs> so <laughs> I'm always very rational. Like, if I know this is family friendly, for sure, Daniel can can you know won't poop its pants on on, on it. So I'm, I'll be all right. But uh, yeah, quickly I got used to it. I started to enjoy the view, and it was really fun. One thing I was irritated. Sorry, we're going on a tangent, neighbors. We'll, we'll continue on with the adages. But uh, sorry, adage. Adage. Let's call it adage. <laughs> I like that. Um, there's someone on uh, our YouTube channel who gets like really irritated when we don't use correct grammar, and like <laughs> she's always like, I don't know, she's like the grammar police, and I just find it hilarious because she'll get so irritated that we like instead of writing your y o u r, like we'll write for example y o u apostrophe r e, and she'll just write like a paragraph on it, and I just think it's funny because um, I don't know. She, yeah, adage, adage. Hopefully she doesn't go kill herself after us calling it that. <laughs> but anyway, um, sorry, what were we talking about? <laughs> I have like the attention span of a pigeon now. Like <laughs> my brain is getting smaller. Um, yeah, we're talking about the the zip lining. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, one thing I was getting very ir- irritated was I wanted to look forward, but our weight we keep like once you go zip li- or once we got pushed off the ledge, our body started fl- like turning. Backwards. Yeah. So then we were like going down with our with our backs facing forward. I was trying to kick my leg out so that we would flip (laughs) and we could see forward. And then like I realized by the time I'd figured this out, like the zip lining would be over. (laughs) So next thing I I think I'll know just to chill um, instead of trying to push us to face forward. But it was enjoyable. Would you consider doing uh, bungee jumping? Oh, this would be the next level challenge. For me, I uh, might die. No, <laughs> because I'm not really good at the roller coasters or all these like, you know, crazy rides. Yeah. After the zip lining, zip it, lining was nothing like that at all. It was like pretty chill. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Once you got oh, over that enjoyable. fear, yeah. I would love to do zip lining like in uh, Brazil or somewhere like in the Amazon forest where you can go through the canopies or something. Mm. that'd be really nice but imagine there's like a big cow web with a, like a tarantula like <laughs> blocking your view oh my god that, that would be real terror <laughs> i would just cut the rope i don't want to run into any more spider webs <laughs> guys i have like a special ability in soul to run in to anything that's hanging from the trees <laughs> like you know those little calip- caterpillars that come like 
like hanging down, I run into each one of them. <laughs> Good for you. I yeah. think you have some special scent yeah. <laughs> that attracts them. And anyway, you know what? We got to come back because we're going so tangent, like we're far. So before we move on to the next one, Katie, is there something that, that you feel like you would want to share or you're still brainstorming? Uh, for me, I think um, I might have said this before, but like family relationship mm. is not a constant. Mm. Uh, this is something That's that deep. I learned mm. uh, over the years. Like well, can you for the longest time, I thought like like it was constant and it would be like in certain way. Yeah, I will have to live with it. What do you mean by constant? Like, can you? Like sometimes, let's say, like you feel that your relationship with your parents or your siblings are so terrible, mm. and like you cannot really see it getting any better, mm. and then that makes you kind of feel really sad and also really like not hopeful about like like the 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 future path going forward with your family. You just think that the circumstances will always stay. Yeah. Well, you don't really think about it getting better at the moment. Mm. But then like years pass and somehow you don't even know what triggered it. But for me, I found myself being in a much better place for some reason. And then like that made me realize, oh my gosh, like at that time, like many years ago, I never really, never, never thought this would happen or this would get have a turnaround in this way or like, that way for example your relationship with your brother you guys are got much closer and and maybe for like 30 years it it wasn't that close but no but, but then but from from year 31 it starts getting much yeah better. from my perspective i think it's because your brother's also going through phases of life where he recognizes he's also maturing faced with different dynamics in life which requires him to open up or also call for like interactions with you or needs help with you and that yeah. like repeated exposure or areas of common touch points helps mm. to build a, a stronger relationship yeah right? i think so whereas before if you're like just in school or when you're just a kid brothers and sisters there's no reason f to change the dynamic right mm. Yeah, that's interesting. I think for me, when you said that, I actually took it a different interpretation. Oh. I felt like <clears throat> I come from the uh, reverse. Mm. Like my relationship with my parents and my sister have always been pretty much pretty good mm -hmm. for a long time. But then as I've lived in a different country for longer times, I realized that um, there needs to be a lot of updates because I've changed as a person, of course. Everyone is always changing. But my parents see me as... For example, the person that left 20 years ago mm. and still sees me in that light. Or, for example, my relationship with my sister, There's, we don't talk enough. So then it becomes so clinical or so like mm. you only contact each other when you have to. Like, for example, during holidays and things. So on the flip side, I think I also need to spend time to nurture that relationship just because it was good. Like for mm -hmm. 30 years doesn't mean that same level of closeness will continue on for the next 50 years without investment of time mm -hmm. and emotion. Yeah. yeah. And I could feel the, the, the kari or the distance. Yeah. So. Yeah. I guess this is not just only limited to family, mm. also to, uh, to friends. That was good. Yeah. 
So for the next adage, I think this one I picked up from Naval, but I also uh, he 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 Naval has a way of condensing words so that it's really easy to understand. But Naval Ravikant. Yeah, seek wealth, not status. Whenever we think about the term success, money is an easy kind of uh, one to think about. If you have more money, people think you're successful. Or if you decide not to go the money route, but you want to like. For example, going to politics and be in a position, prominence, then people, you know, we call that status. So if you had to choose between the two, definitely going for wealth is, is I think, the safer choice because you can lose status at any time. Think about Ellen DeGeneres. Mm. Seriously, for decades, like I remember my sister watching her TV and people like who would hate Ellen DeGeneres? You know, she was just so fun, so amicable, her like... Uh, Friend, her TV show, she's always given out things. And within a few articles about her mistreating staff, I see like so many people dislike her. And public opinion literally changed in a few weeks to a month. And I was like, wow. Like, you know, uh, that's amazing. Second example, look at Dr. Fauci. You know, when he first came out, here's like a very apolitical person. He's like the head of whatever health services, pretty high position with the politics of the vaccination and, and, you know, especially during the Trump era and things like that. He's become like um, a dividing political figure. <laughs> like what, you know? And so it literally takes like a few wrong articles or a few malicious articles to really sway people's opinion about you. So I think about like, for example, let's say that future neighbor is not, is, we're, we're no we're, we're nowhere near like the celebrity like status, but let's say in a parallel universe, we, we really blew up for me. All it thing, all it takes is a, a few articles about, Oh, Daniel is this. I caught Katie being rude at a Korean restaurant or, or Daniel or, bullied a friend. Daniel bullied a friend. A friend came out and says, he called me fat. He kept calling me fat. He used the word retarded. Like, it only takes a few things and then people going and then we lose everything. Yeah. Right? Let's say we took 10 years to get to that level of fame. Uh -huh. It literally takes two weeks and we come back down. Uh -huh. So what I'm saying is that I'd rather during that process mm -hmm. um, have less status. Less fame. Less fame, but get wealth. Because wealth is entirely in my control. No one can steal wealth from me. <laughs> right? Yeah. But it's, fame it's, and uh, wealth is like correlated. Not necessarily. There's a lot of wealthy people that you don't know of. So for me, I'd rather go for the wealth rather than to seek status. But this comes naturally to me. I don't want to become famous. I never told anyone about our YouTube channel, especially none of my friends. But mm. somehow that had a viral effect where like, if you know a secret about someone, you know you start sharing. I think a lot of my friends who figured out that I did have a YouTube channel, they spread that like like wildfire. <laughs> so I didn't intend it, but I think because of that, because I told no one, it's like, oh, look, I, hey, hey, you, hey, you know, Daniel, dude, he has a YouTube channel. He's making, dude, what, what is wrong with him? <laughs> it's gone crazy. <laughs> what? Yeah, so... By the way, we need to put the camera, we need to have a video recording of our podcast i think we're going to put put something like that up soon um we just got to find a camera because the camera that we film youtube with it cuts off after 30 minutes so we have to get one of those like camcorders that just lets you record for yeah for a indefinite amount of period 
Um, I have one thing. Okay. I don't. I don't know if it will be very articulate, but one thing that I had was like, I kind of have this rebellious spirit mm-hmm. against like, like the society norm and like if if it's something that I think is like the norm or expected by the society, I just used to instantly get a like, no, I want to say no to you. <laughs> this feeling. Yeah. Um, uh, one example of that would be marriage too, right? Yeah. Like the society expects like, uh, like for women to get married. women to get married, and mm-hmm. then like the traditional would be like to have kids, and like while you have kids, of course you won't be able to work mm. for for a while, and then for a long time, I just thought that would be that's kind of like. Like now you're in the 21st century, so you need to like think different. And if you are an independent woman, mm. then you, why would you go down that route? That was like if you are an independent and well-educated woman, mm. like I would never choose that route. That was like my early 20s, like mm. like I'm on top of the world thinking. <laughs> so how does that tie into adage? Do you, adage. Adage would be that. It's true t- or it's fine to be rebellious or do you feel like to throw away narratives that don't fit your life or what what is what would you express to a young child? I think what I want to say is what I learned is that I think just do what you want to do. Ah. Um you don't have to do rebellious things just to keep up the idea that you're a rebel. Yeah. I see what you're saying. Yeah. 100%. 100%. <laughs> so don't do things that doesn't necessarily benefit your life for the sake of keeping up an identity or a label yeah. in your head. Yeah. Amen to that. Yeah, you said it really well. But it's not just a marriage. It's so many things. Like, like as a woman, I feel like for a long time, I'll be like, oh, that was like traditional values. I want to go against it just mm. because it's traditional. Right. And because I don't fit in the tradition, I'm a 21st century woman. <laughs> I see. I see. But then sometimes some of the points I now question, did I really think hard about it, what that means to me? Mm. I think that's a good point. I think that that applies to me as well. Oh, one thing. Don't believe everything you see in the media. Now, I I think during this COVID, this one has like really been apparent to me. I know this is something that a lot of people say, and it's a very overused thing. But, you know, we have a natural tendency to just believe what, if something is printed in the media or is shown on TV, you go into passive mode. You're just absorbing. So yeah. it's very hard not to take that in as a, a general truth, unless you turn very cynical and you're like, oh, it's from this. And, oh, I just, it can't be right. Um, but for me, I again, when I'm watching news or YouTube, I'm again in that passive mode and I just soak in everything like a sponge. <laughs> but I've turned, now I've like learned to turn on a little bit of a, to be active while consuming media in yeah, my mind. Like a filter. Yeah, but it but it takes like a mental like switch to turn that on. Um, and a few examples again, like I vividly remember listening in the news that COVID cannot be possibly man-made. Why? Because in order for this to be this viral and to be this successful, um, it has to come through uh, natural selection, through nature. 
And uh, if if so, if a human was to be able to make a strain like this, it would have died out because it's so hard to make a combination of genes that could be this lethal. So it has to go through that that natural process. And I was like, oh, that sounds believable. And then with the same or similar rationale, the news now is that oh, there's high suspicions that that man had had put their hands into it, right? into making a COVID strain, that there's high probability that this could have come out of a lab. Yeah. So another example, North Korea, right? There was that time when Kim Jong-un was like gone and then media was saying that he's dead. He's dead. I remember calling my dad and I was like, oh, I think, they're, I think he could be dead. And my dad was like, oh, no, 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 no. He started giving his examples, and I was like, "Dad, you're wrong. I mean, you're just a, a old man sitting watching TV. How could you know more than these paid people in media who are like, you know, paid to be journalists? Blah 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 blah." And then, turns out, he shows up. He's not dead. He's just alive and well. So I think it's, and I think it's very difficult though, because you don't know where to be questioning truth, on what subjects to be entertaining conspiracy theories. On, on what area to be open to to alternative, right? Mm. So I think that part is really tricky, but I don't, yeah, that's something now that when, when someone proposes to me about an alternative idea about something, I'm much more open to it. Whereas a long time ago, I would just dismiss them as conspiracy theorists. But now I'm kind of like, okay, I'm a little bit more open to it. So conspiracy theory, what about aliens? Do you believe oh, in Oh, that's aliens? another good one. My whole <laughs> life, I've always just thought like, yeah, aliens, whatever. That's just crazy talk. But then like literally starting from about a year, a year and a half ago, there's been much more reporting about the potential of, of alien aircraft, right? There was even the government report that was just opened up saying that we don't know how to like deal with these unidentified. They call it now, they call it instead of a UFO, they call it the... I forgot. They give it another acronym. Wow. Right? But I guess having this be true or not true, how does that change my life? <laughs> Pretty much it doesn't, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, it know. doesn't. But I guess like as a human, you have the natural desire to like seek the truth. And mm. my mom is like, she's like, she's obsessed with political news. Mm. I'm like, that's not healthy. I, she doesn't know for sure. That's doesn't do any, doesn't affect her life at all. Whatever happens in politics, but she gets so much like interest into politics. So. Yeah. yeah. Next time I talk to your mom, oh no, no, I can't even tell her that she'll get mad at me. So she'll figure it out. Oh, we haven't done our gochi jar. Oh my gosh. Yes, this episode is brought to you by gochi jar. Gochi jar is. Uh, where we sell Korea's best-selling items from food products, artisanal goods, and gifts. So on Gochjar, we have new versions of LactoFit. A lot of Koreans, uh, they've kind of woken up to the importance of taking care of your gut. You know, your gut has 300 to 400 different types of bacteria. And if you have a good bacteria, like um, what we call gut biome, like if you have a good balance of healthy bacteria, you can spend less time on the toilet, right? You use the, you know, you poop a lot faster. 
um, <laughs> less diarrhea, and that leads to an overall better quality of life. I have so many friends who once they go into the restroom, they're on that for like 45 minutes. You can think the craziest things. Like, what are you doing in there? <laughs> but they're just pooping. I'm like, I, like, I'm a speed pooper. Like, I'm out. <laughs> I don't know. Some people are like praying in there, eating. Who's like, eating? Building an app. Come on. I mean, it's it's insane the amount of time they spend on a rest uh, on, on the toilet. So um, that LactoFit product, it has both prebiotics and probiotics probiotics is the life bacteria and prebiotics is the food the umshik that they eat as they get delivered to your gut so each packet has a billion cfu what is cfu i had to look that up colony forming units oh yes so go ahead and take that to take better care of your health and then the new variations we have one is called slim so they add um, an extract from a very exotic fruit i forgot the name um, but it helps you lose weight as well. So take care of your gut. It blocks the fat-forming enzyme in your body to help you or aid you in your weight loss. Mm-hmm. So that one is Lacto-Fit Slim. Thank you, Gochucha. <laughs> so what is your next adage? It takes five years to turn a project into a business. And then it takes 10 years to really make money from it. So. Is that a statement? It's an adage. <laughs> so. Pick areas that you really have interest in. Don't follow whatever is hot or trending. Uh. Right. So even for a gochujar or for YouTube or for a blog or any sort of passion project, it's going to take five years. Um, but what about people who just blow up? Within the next one year or three years. So there definitely are um, people who have like mega success in one year. And that's what makes the news. And that's what people see to be the standard. There's like a trail of 9 million businesses who don't blow up at that speed. So you're looking at an outlier thinking that's the standard. And that's why a lot of people give up. um, Because, you know, they feel like they haven't found it. Uh, there is a little bit of an art you could be spending too much time on a business that has no future but you know when i was building up coach jar or any of our other projects i've always said just look for growth in the numbers as long as the numbers are growing Mm -hmm. i said it doesn't matter at what growth rate because i remember do you remember me saying like what if coach jar was growing at um 300 let's say at 50 percent month over month i wouldn't be able to handle that volume right yeah i said i need it slower so that i can see how much things i can automate as a one to two person operation and then we can i I, want to grow slowly and then scale but if we if we had like a explosion in demand i just it it would break us it's i always like to think about it as like a pop artist if you blow up too quickly over one song you're not ready with follow-up songs so you become a one-hit wonder. So it's nice to have like a... Um, Gradual yeah, success. Yeah, it's nice to have a collection of songs. That way when you blow up, people have other songs that they can listen to. Right? Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Anyway, so that's one thing. Build businesses or projects in areas that you really just don't mind spending time in. Do you have anything else? Uh 
So maybe we want to talk about a few ideas that are on our mind. Oh, about the about our next project. Yeah, I'm already thinking about the next five years. I mean, I would already be close to my like late thirties, and so I already thought I need to build a. You know, lately I've been thinking that instead of like building real estate as a way to build wealth, I want to build a portfolio of online businesses. Um. And kind of switching my thoughts about that because mm. real estate, you in- invest so much capital up front and it gets locked in. And you have to wait for so long, yeah. like and decades. Then, yeah, and then if you take off the taxes off of it, it at my age when I love building businesses, um, I should just build a portfolio of companies because even some of the like even some of the websites that we make ad revenue on, I think the ROI on that versus taking rent from a renter is like multiple folds mm-hmm. yet it requires less <laughs> less effort there's no taxes on it um well actually there are taxes on it but yeah but we're, we're also more knowledgeable about it yeah we like all the like tax details regulations regarding like properties change so frequently yeah. that if you're not an expert or if you don't hire some consultant it's so difficult to catch up yeah i own a few properties in korea right now and i've learned a lot about it about like in this helped uh, uh renting business license in korea and whenever the administration changes they take away a lot of the tax benefits they've mm. already stripped away like everything that was originally the reason why I enrolled those properties uh, under the license, and so politics is, is that's out of our hands. So, so the business idea that we're potentially thinking about, actually, no, we shouldn't give away the idea because then someone can come in and build. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But okay, yeah, w- maybe we won't talk about the business idea specifically because I'm not sure whether we'll really go through with it at this yeah. time, but. If you're coming to Korea, because now Korea is going to open up by next year, there's going to like travel is going to come up. If you're interested in taking like professional photos in Korea, whether that's like, let's say that, um, you know, in Korea, there's the Dolsajin. For uh, the kids, one year, uh, one year birthday. Yeah. And a lot of families in Korea, the tradition is to go to wear hanbok. The kids wear hanbok and the family take a family picture together. So if... I know there's a lot of um, kyopos or Korean-American families who like to come to Korea and would like to take one of those traditional hanbok, really nice photos. Let us know. We'll help you connect with a, a nice studio here in Korea. Or if you're like us and you're thinking about getting married mm. and you want to go through the Korean pre-wedding photos, mm. let us know. Like Just like the one we did, you can check that out. Check them out on our Instagram too. Yeah, they came out really nice, and I know a lot of people want to take it like the Korean style. So, uh, if you want to come to Korea and just take photos, we're in the idea of putting together this like web-based platform slash mm. service, but we want to go through a manual way, uh, uh, quite a few number of times to see what areas really need focus for development. So, let us know. We'll. I don't think we'll do it for free, but we'll, we won't do it expensive, but we'll help you. We'll be like, um, what do you call that? The like a consultant? Yeah, well, not consultant. Just a, uh, yeah, we'll just Mediator? Make it, yeah, helper? We'll, yeah, we'll just make it happen. <laughs> yeah, we'll damdangja. Yeah, manager. Yeah, we'll, we'll make that happen. 
spend more time in nature. I think nature heals quite a, quite well. And this one I got from from our trip in Jeju, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, I'm totally with you on that. I got reminded again. Yeah. Um, that we really need to spend more time in nature mm. because when you are in like surrounded in nature, you realize how small you are. Exactly. I amen to that. Like the world itself is neutral. It just carries on. But for humans, we live our world through the filter of our brain. And our brain has narratives, it has ideas, it has something called self-esteem. So it's our interpretation of the world, it's a narrative of the world. Yeah. And so when you go out into nature and you'll see like a little caterpillar go <laughs> like making its way across a ledge or you'll see a dolphin swimming in the water, you get fascinated by just the realities of our world and you get out of your mind and you start to see that your existence is a small part of the fabric of, of the world, right? The things that are troubling you and the things that are affecting you as an individual in the grand scheme of our world and our universe, it doesn't mean much. The world, in, in my opinion, is very neutral. It doesn't care. <laughs> what makes you think you're in so much trouble or your life is so miserable is in your head. Yeah. I realized that if I die tomorrow, tonight, <laughs> the hummingbirds don't care. <laughs> the dolphins don't care. They'll be, di they'll be diving as happy as they were. And it just makes you realize kind of the futility of, of our lives. I don't, I don't know if I'm saying it the right way that I wanted to say, but as you walk and take a, take a hike through, through, through nature... The stresses are in your head. Yeah. yeah, so so many things that are like stressing you or you think like it's the end of the world. You go into the nature, you realize how trivial you are and then mm. just like makes you think differently about life. Or it lets you get outside of your head. Like when oh, I was... it's not a big deal. Yeah, like sometimes... The reason I bring up the caterpillars when we're taking a walk, not in Jeju, but somewhere else, we're just looking at how its body goes up and down, up and down. <laughs> we're just like, this is the cutest thing ever. But we're just looking at it for like 10 minutes and you're out of your head. <laughs> yeah. So I think the more time that we just um, are able to enjoy the neutral world for what it is, I think it's a beautiful thing. Yeah. Right? Imagine, remember when you're in scuba and you're seeing the underworld? Yeah, it's I still can't believe I did, did it though. It still you, feels so unreal, and I think the first time it was like I was a little bit bewildered, overwhelmed, and like at the same time excited. So it was a mixture of feelings. But I want to go a second time, so now I know what's expected, so mm -hmm. I can like hundred percent indulge in that like like underwater space. Yeah, but I guess my point was when you go underwater. <laughs> Were you thinking about, oh my gosh, I have to do this work. Oh, I didn't sign out of work. Yeah, or oh my, my gosh. Like, presentation next week. Oh, my presentation next week. Oh, I can't <laughs> believe my mom said this. Oh, I can't believe that person did this at our wedding. Or no. That. You think of nothing other than, oh my God, look at that little starfish. Look how cute it is, right? Look at that abalone. Our world, abalone, yeah. <laughs> I want to eat it right now. <laughs> our, world no. is, our world is so complex and... 
And if you just spend a little bit of time to try to understand the complexity of this neutral world, you're, you're out of your little small peanut mind. Mm. <laughs> so actually yeah. now there's more and more like young people mm. who are like moving to like away from like busy city, like mm. apartment living in Seoul and going more into the like, like countryside area mm. and like live in those townhouses. Mm. Townhouse is like, um, is that a word in English too? Yeah, townhouses. Yeah, yeah. townhouse is great for, like, for, for, for Korean people who are used to living in apartment or in units mm. because you get the benefit of that, like living with other people, but you also have your own house. So you have a garden and like the entire building of maybe two or three story buildings is your own house. And yeah, actually one of my colleagues who invited me for dinner, he recently moved to a townhouse and we got to visit his house. Like kind, it's it's the same city as where we're living, but it's like, feels completely different. It's like surrounded by trees and mountains and feels so serene. And yeah, the only downside to the townhouses again is that whole investment thing where <laughs> it doesn't like the only place you can really make money in Korea is units where the next person wants to buy, which is apartments and those townhouses, they don't appreciate in value. So that's the only downside. But now more and more. Yeah, you I, have been I, there. So what did you think? I feel like I want to move into like um, single unit house. Just something away from apartments who are a little bit closer to nature and have more space. There's something about it that's very appealing to me. Yeah. Well, I mean, I grew up in a house in the yeah. U.S. where, you know. Well, even the other day, like, uh, we get this uh, oh, North Korean announcement in our building saying, uh, please don't cook anything that smells quite strong. Oh, yeah. <laughs> or close the close your windows in your if you're cooking. Have we talked like, about our North Korean speaker in our apartment? I don't know. So if you live in a large apartment, there's like the uh, little speaker box that's planted in each unit that's like controlled by the maintenance office. And then once in a while, these announcements will come. And like like Katie was saying, the other day, it's like it's getting so hot. So everyone has their door open. Windows open. Yeah. And it's just like, And I'm like, what? Like, it's just so uh, intrusive. <laughs> basically, their message was to close... Or like to not, or to be, um, yeah, to not cook foods that smell too much because the upper floors are smelling everything. <laughs> and at that time, I was cooking curry, so I was like, "Well, whatever." Are they talking about us? Yeah. Anyway, we nicknamed that the North Korean speaker box. <laughs> so the final one that I thought I wanted to share, and I think is true, is that um, don't marry until you're over thirty. Oh my gosh! Really. Well, it's it's just a general, oh yeah, it's just a general. Is this isn't what you thought before? You wanted to marry much earlier. Yeah, yeah. Um, the reason I say that is I just feel like you don't know who you are until I would say you're three or four years into the workforce, because mm -hmm. going into that phase of life where you're into the workforce means that you're also going to have found a place for you to live mm -hmm. outside of your home, which means now you start to do more household chores. And you start cooking for yourself and you start to basically live as an independent adult, which then you start to understand who you are and 
during the process of having gone through a job, you learn how to I- interact with other people, and more importantly, you, you you know who you start to know who you are. You finally separate away from your home, and you have the the time to think for yourself. By thinking for yourself and having more interactions with with people that are outside of your family or your 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 childhood friends, you get to like. You get to know what you want and what you need, and 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 thus understand yourself, mm. and thus know what you need in a partner. Yeah, or I don't know. Maybe I've been watching too much YouTube, but people who marry really early in their twenties, think about yourself in your early twenties, like either in, in in university or right after graduation, and think about the person you are, and think about how different you've become. Mm. Or have you? (laughs) Yeah, I have. But I think it's really like, I think it's um, just really pertains to you, your own story. Because I, like some people, I know they, from very early on in their life, they know they want to marry really early on. Because they have this, all this like romanticized, their own like views about marriage and they want to make it happen so i know this girl who is like just 26 maybe 27 and then like she said she's going to marry and then i i was really surprised because it's quite early of an age to get married nowadays but then her explanation was that she's always wanted to get married early mm. yeah of course i mean this arage is different for everybody <laughs> I was just reflecting on my life and I just see how. Well, yeah, it, it's good because this isn't something that you had thought before. You said you wanted to marry before 30, a long yeah. time ago. Yeah. But then now you're saying, Mary, I'm happy that I married after 30. Yeah. Because I see how much I've matured as a person. And uh, over the age of 30, I think you're ready ready to be a father or you're ready to be a good partner because you know who you are. Whereas our parents' age, they had so much more responsibility earlier on in their lives. They they became adults much faster. Whereas in our whereas in our yeah our times our parents we age. stay babies for very long. Yeah, me too. I feel we like stay children for very long. I, I feel like there's a ten years gap. So yeah. my parents I would still feel like in my 30, I would be like my parents 20. Yeah. No, there definitely is that. Yeah. Because when I hear our parents' like stories when they're 30, mm. they sound so much more mature. I know. Yeah, there's so many examples to come up with. I still with, feel like I'm in my 20s. I still feel so immature and lacking in so many aspects, like I, wisdom I of life. I don't feel like that. <laughs> I don't feel like that. You really don't? Yeah, that's why I'm saying this now. <laughs> I just know how much I've grown once I think about like, for example, when I was in my mid-20s, I used to think, or in my early 20s, I used to think like, man, this girl, oh, she's not that great because like she doesn't dance that well at the club. Like that was like a criteria in my head that I thought was a good girlfriend or not, someone who could dance <laughs> at the club. And be sociable with my friends, right? 
You really thought that? Yeah, like oh, oh this wow. person, oh this person is fun to hang out with. Like oh, yeah, she's great. She's a great match for me because oh, we can go to club together. She knows how to dance <laughs> well. It's cool. Like that was like my early twenties thinking. And imagine, oh, well, a lot of people do get married fast, right? Yeah. And so if I would have got married to that criteria and I aged to this level, she can dance her booty at a club, but she can't match my level of thinking. How could it? Or your values don't align. Exactly. You don't even know your values until much later. This is what I'm trying to say. Like, yeah, your values haven't even formed. Your values are your parents until you realize your parents are psychos, and then you're rebuilding <laughs> your values later, right? So, anyway, for people who are not married, <laughs> it's it's better that you get married later. <laughs> not biologically though, because if you have kids too late, not that great. But anyway, there's pros and cons, but definitely, I think. Uh, more marriages will be saved if you marry once you know kind of where your values are and who you who you are as a person <laughs> i think that that's it i mean i do have a lot more but uh, i'll save those because yeah, we hit save, our, uh, those adages for the next time <laughs> mm. neighbors if you have your own personal adages <laughs> list them down in the youtube comments we would love to see them oh i think my pronunciation might be right it's a from French word. Adage. A d a g e. It yeah. It well, originated. Let me call my friend. It's adage from Latin adagium, based on an early form of io, which is I say. I see. So it might have a, a different pronunciation might, in French. This might be one of the hundred times where your pronunciation is actually correct. <laughs> 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 Neighbors, thank you for listening. Uh, if you haven't already, please uh, write a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or give a four. Four or five is good. Three is, why are you even writing a review? <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> so mean. <laughs> Say it again. Oh, We're completely a, off. Yeah, French word will be adage. French is so hard for people who don't know or haven't taken a French lesson. Like, do you remember the train stop in paris i, I thought it was like home. Home. i thought it was homes <laughs> h-o-m-m-e-s h-o-m-m was that the train stop the spelling of it no it was home yeah r-o-m-e to me i i read it as homes and then <laughs> when we heard the speaker it was like homes sorry i'm making it sound arabic it's about time we sign off see you guys <laughs> thank you for listening bye